welcome to What About Us, a podcast that discusses how policies affect rural Tennesseans. I am Sandy Rice, and I'm happy to be part of the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Check us out at tnholler.com to keep up with state and national monkey business, of which there is a lot. <laughs> My guest today is Ann Farrell Quillen, the president of the TNDP, Tennessee Democratic Party Rural Caucus. Welcome, Ann. Thank you for having me, Sandy. I appreciate it. We have a new president. <laughs> yes, we do. And what a long road it's been. And it will be. <laughs> we need to send him a congratulatory. I was going to send him a card. Good idea. Oh, my new best friend. Yeah. Um, but you can't send him a card, so I sent him a congratulatory email. So we need to. Aw, you're so nice. <laughs> he started working for the people on Monday. Yep. Um, I would also like to point out that, as far as I know, he's not tweeting um, about or whining that no one is congratulating him. So, so oh, thank goodness exactly. for that. Speaking yeah. of elections. Yeah. Well, I would like to point out <laughs> that. It was very, very difficult to choose for me which candidate to um, commit to in a, my run to be a delegate to the convention. It was. Oh, oh, of, of the Democrats. Okay. Because there were so many that I, I, I liked. It was very hard. You know, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar. You know, it was a long list. And Kamala Harris always pulled one way or the other. And so I, you know, I had to make a decision, and finally, I decided that I felt that Joe Biden was the person who could pull together a coalition to be successful and uh, to take our country back. And I'll tell you, those early days, we put together a program to make sure that every county party was covered, that somebody was speaking on behalf of Joe Biden when they had meetings with surrogates. And in those early days, it was hard because oh. nobody cared. Nobody, everybody really? was, yeah, and everybody was interested in all the other candidates. And I was thinking, oh, no. But that all changed that Saturday night at South Carolina, uh, yeah. the South Carolina primary. I was in Coffee County at uh, an event they were having. You could almost see that that room just change. And yeah. from there on out, we've, we've been good. Yeah. It's been very, very exciting. Uh, I got to do the roll call, went to Nashville to do voter visibility during the debate. So it's been quite a ride and a, a lifetime experience. Yeah. Well, let's just ride on t into uh, January 20th. Yes. But Tennessee went red again. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the World Caucus put up some great candidates for offices and, and they all uh, were defeated. Uh, except for Heidi Campbell uh, for state right. senate in, in North Nashville. And Heidi was Not in a merge class. So right. that's really exciting. And um, I think yeah. it was a, a tough race, but I think we can learn some things from from Heidi. But we had great candidates in our in our oh, rural caucus. We did. We did. Smart we did. and young and um, oh thoughtful and, and um, so I just talked to a few that um, I got to know on the podcast, um, and they they are positive, and I, you know, mm -hmm. wanting to you know keep at it. Um, 
you had said on an, on our earlier podcast, which was just September, seems like so long ago, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that it's very hard for Democrats to win in rural Tennessee. Let's make that the topic for today. So um, yeah. why is it so hard for Democrats to win in, well, rural Tennessee? We could even say Tennessee. Why, why is that? Right. Well, you know, there are a lot of reasons, and I, I hate it if a reason sounds like an excuse. Uh, you know, I don't like it when people start giving excuses for one thing or another. And yet, we do have a, um, a mountain to overcome. And I think that part of it is, if you look across the country, we all know that rural, tennis, rural America is a hard nut to crack. And, you know, I've been thinking about this. I think it's about the fact that rural communities are so homogenous mm-hmm. and they and there's an echo chamber of hearing the same message from everybody that you know from your you know your family if you're in school from the other kids from your co-workers it's just a you know it's like um living in knox county and being a ut fan you know it's, right. it's very similar and that is a very hard thing to overcome. I mean, it's part of our nature to want to stick together. I mean, that's what we're all about is numbers means survival. And so, um, and I do believe George Lakoff's uh, written about those neurological pathways. If you, you think a certain way, you're exposed to certain things over and over and over and over again, it just becomes, you know, a common pathway for your thoughts uh, in your in your head mm-hmm. so uh, because there is such a um, consistent consistent message that people in rural Tennessee receive it's very hard to come for, come up to overcome especially since um, you know beginning around in 2000 the message is not only that yes this is how what we want this is how Republicans think it's a very negative view of Democrats and what we want at, for mm-hmm. people who live here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we want is for Tennesseans to have better lives, um, you know, including work, especially working Tennesseans and the disadvantaged. And sadly, um, they've been co-opted by a message that appears to be for them when it's really not. I mean, let's face it, the GOP here, they do things to help every now and then for their base, but they're all about corporate America. That's what they're all about. They're all about business corporations bringing that money into Tennessee, which is good, but not at the expense of providing, you know, that balance between private and public interest. Mm -hmm. They get great marks on what they do for private interest, but for public, not so much. And then we're condemned for being socialist for when we want to take care of those public interests. Healthcare. We wouldn't even have to have the discussion about government's involvement in healthcare if it, if there had not been such a shift to where uh, the insurance industry is more attuned to taking care of their shareholders than they are the, the people they're supposed to serve. And, well, that's a good summary. You've thought about that. Yeah, I have. <laughs> And I think said that before. Um, my question was, is what's important to in Tennessee? Because I felt like, because I was lost uh, for a response. I mean, I feel like 
our democratic platform, which I thought was very clear because of the caucus, uh, fully funding public schools, affordable and accessible health care for more Tennesseans, and increasing economic success in rural Tennessee. So it, well, all, it feels to me like that's not important to rural Tennesseans. The, the downfall for us has been, and especially during this last election, um, the need, we have to talk to people one-on-one. -on -one. And in small groups, and COVID, with COVID, it's been we just didn't do that uh, because if you give somebody a piece of paper and say this is what we're for, we have to uh, go into okay, what does that really mean for you? Um, when I ran for the house in 2018, um, I would talk to people. I talked to I can't even tell you how many people in District 25, and. I would say, you know, I'd say, you know, I'm running for a house, you know, and they said, well, are you a Republican or a Democrat? I said, I'm a Democrat. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm a Republican, so I'm not going to talk to you. And I said, well, you know, we might have more things in common than you would expect. Well, ask me a question. And so they would start asking me questions about things. And yeah, we did. We did agree. And then it would open the door for an opportunity to explain about expanded Medicaid how that federal funding is just sitting there waiting for us to take it. And our, uh, you know, 38 other states have and 12 haven't. What's wrong? What's up with that? Mm -hmm. And uh, they're like, yeah. And people would say, you know, you might be the only Democrat that I vote for. And I got a lot of, I mean, <laughs> I mean, guys, an event downtown, guys with their Confederate gear. I mean, yeah, it only makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it takes that one-on-one, -on -one and it's, I mean, there's a lot of ground to cover, a mm -hmm. lot of ground to cover. Right. We can only hope that we can talk to some people who will tell other people and other people, and we have to do that at every opportunity. <laughs> well, I was, I, I was wondering about, um, you know, about schools. Somebody had, had told me that they thought in, in the rural areas that, that education maybe wasn't so important because people were afraid that their kids would would go away, would leave the world, you know, they got a too good of an education, then they'd want to leave and go to college and not, and not stay in the community. I mean, do you think that has any validity? I don't, I don't know that that's, um, I don't know um, that that's the case so much. Um, I don't know that I can really speak to that other than, um, no, I, I can't, I don't know that I can speak to that. There, I hear things like that, but I, I'm not, really familiar with that idea um you know most of the people i know it's more of an attitude of um you know now college is being vilified you know college, uh -huh. so liberal bastion you know and i think that most people just want their kids to be able to to get a job and to care for their own families in the future uh -huh. and and we have different ideas of how to go about that yeah and I, I can't i can't i can't give a good reason for why healthcare, it, it, to, to me, is is was ignored to not vote for because well, all our candidates were Medicaid expansion. I mean, would you just? I've worked with a, I've been a volunteer for the Tennessee um, Justice Center since yeah. I moved here, and I, I it's just you. I'm blue in the face, you know, talking about it. And we do have a block grant 
I mean, there was a little, and I've spoke about this. I mean, uh, we got a plan. Okay, okay. Governor Lee has a plan. His plan was to apply for a block grant. We will never hear on that. I mean, we're signed up at least for two years, if not longer, of having um, healthcare that's not available to rural Tennessee. If we, here's what we have to do. We have to get everybody that we know. If you know somebody in Georgia, call them right now. And um, I, I think this is the most important thing we can do right now as Democrats is to make calls and write postcards. And if we can, young people are going down to Georgia mm -hmm. uh, because we have got to be successful with the Senate. Mm -hmm. Or else, uh, if we um, if we can do that, then that will mean that uh, Joe Biden's plans for health care will become a reality. Mm -hmm. And when he talks about that plan, the first thing he mentions is making sure that those people are covered in the twelve in the twelve states who've been left out because their uh, governors, in our case, leg Republican legislatures, have refused to accept expanded Medicaid. Governor has to. Yeah, we have to do that. Any opportunity for any senator to cross the line, but I guess uh, possible, but it yeah, I mean it's happened a few times. But I guess the other question is: is Mitch McConnell just won't let it advance? So, so um, okay, so how yeah, that's a, yeah, and um, somebody um, has sent me some information, and I'm, we're going to start. We're going to make that all available. Uh, I want to uh, ask, make sure that every county party has the information and definitely the, on a rural caucus, we're going to really push for that. The time is now. For Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Somebody said that um, the cutoff for voter registration in Georgia is December 7th, but that's only for only for young people who will be 18 by voting day. It, that. They weren't able to vote in the election, but if they're going to be 18 by the runoff date, they can vote. It's not for just anybody who's not registered to vote. Okay. Well, I also um, try to think of things that um, rural voters may be interested in that we that we didn't address. The whole thing about globalization and America first. It, it's something that plays into, you know, our worst nature of, um, you know, that I'm going to take care of mine and everybody else, you know, mm -hmm. go, go you know, wherever. And that philosophy is one that comes back to haunt us when we, uh, you know, when, when we need our friends, when we, you know, we have to have a, a healthy economy and we, it does, the economies don't necessarily follow borders. But as, as far as jobs and factories closing, I mean, that's been shown to be in large part due to changing um, how factories do their business and through automation. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's, that's not gonna, that's not gonna come back. Um, and here in Tennessee, in uh, speaking about uh, economic opportunity for uh, small, for, you know, rural Tennessee uh, and small businesses, small businesses, um, employ the majority, the vast majority of people and not big, you know, corporations. And yet Tennessee continues to give, you know, large incentives and tax breaks to corporations to come here 
and they really don't do a whole lot in, for small businesses to make sure that they thrive. Mm -hmm. And I think there could be a whole lot more uh, creativity, particularly with COVID-19. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of small businesses have shuttered. And to me, that's that whole thing about, um, it's a sense of equity. And we, uh, you know, there's always a tendency to blame somebody else, some other for oh, sure. what's wrong and not, no, wait a minute, uh, who's behind this? It, it's almost always, and this, it's almost always about who's got the most and who's, who doesn't. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, big corporations, they're rewarded. And our, our businesses, our community businesses in rural Tennessee aren't. Right. Right. Balance. Yeah. There's not a balance. As um, Jane Klebb, who wrote um, the book about uh, politics in, in rural America, she quoted Don Te John Tester as saying that, you know, Republicans like to come around to rural communities and talk about what they're doing, but that's all, they don't really do much of anything and then they leave. And that's, that's what I see. Okay. And then they, then, but then they come back and tell you what they, all the great things they did. Yeah. But but still, again, our our state, you know, bought into that, you know, agricultural and tariffs and the trade war. Uh, the farmers got a lot of bailout, but there's really no end in end in sight. Yeah. Um, so farmers are going bankrupt, uh, committing suicide, retiring, mm -hmm. uh, selling out to big corporate farms that are not going to do uh, much for small communities. No. Um, and the and but Tennessee voted and rural Tennessee voted to um, keep on another four years. We talked a little bit about disliking change in history have to do, yeah. you know, very conservative. You know, um, I think the race in Chattanooga um, for uh, Senate between uh, Senator Gardenhire and and Scruggs, Mr. Scruggs was just yes. a young a young man, a black man. Um, Great candidate. Identifying, um, identifying uh, pr problems with crime, and you know, to to do a new approach to that, you know, whole thing. And and I think he ran a great race with, from what I was able to keep up with. And Garden Hire, who's a seventy-seven, I think, seventy-two-year-old. Uh, I didn't know what he did, but just kind of. I tell you, we did we did get him on going. Yes, then got him going. Because I don't think he's ever worked so hard for the people in this district. Well, the reason why Glenn Scruggs lost is because of gerrymandering. Oh, okay. Bradley County was stuck onto that district, and that's why he did, that's where he did that's why he didn't win. Okay. Rural so County. and then that will continue. Yes, if not get worse. Yeah, yeah, probably get worse. So, alrighty, let's take a look yeah. at work. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Let's take a look at Georgia, maybe turning blue. Yeah. Tennessee not expected to do so for some time. So, so let's look at, uh, let's look at Georgia. Um, it's growing. Yeah. And, um, Tennessee. and Tennessee is too, but I'll tell you the one thing um, about Atlanta is Atlanta has no boundaries. There's no river, mm -hmm. Chattahoochee, but it's kind of, it's, yeah, it's not like the river in Nashville, right? Um, and it's farmland; it's just sprawls, you know. Yeah. So, so I feel like Nashville. Well, 
I'm not that familiar with what well, I assume Knoxville's is there's mountains there. Right. And rivers and so it's somewhat limited and Memphis too. That's a big old river there. You know, I think that um uh Knoxville and East Tennessee in general, you know, there's been there have been different things written about, you know, how how people vote, you know, political affiliations based on, you know, geography and regions more than on state lines. Mm-hmm. And that whole side okay. there, they're associated with the Appalachian region. Mm-hmm. It's more conservative and that sticks. So you get these um, situations in Knoxville, like, you know, India Ken Cannon was elected mayor and uh, Gloria Johnson to the mm-hmm. house. And so we, we do have those, but they're going to be in the more metro areas. But mm-hmm. as a whole, like Knox County, and and all up and down the East Tennessee, it's very mm-hmm. conservative. Mm-hmm. A lot more diversity in Atlanta. Yes. I mean, Atlanta's considered since the Olympics. They went to they they set themselves up to be an international city, and they really they really are. Now mm-hmm. I have to say, I made phone calls for um, Mariah Phillips in uh, Murfreesboro and Laverne and that, and talked to some people with different names than ours. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that, that would be interesting, but they've cut up Murfreesboro so much. I mean, there must be, it's pieces. Yes. Um, and that's, that's the fastest growing area in the state. Mm-hmm. So I had high hopes uh, for Mariah and Chris Hale and also Andrew Bon Johnson. And mm-hmm. now uh, in Williamson County, she ran, ran for the house and that is the wealthiest county in the state right so that was going to be that was going to be another uh hard nut to crack right there with a lot of money coming in for glenn cassada i don't know why there was a um, podcast uh on the daily uh i think i sent that to you about a group of moms uh young mothers and that in um ohio around cleveland and and that mobilized and talked mm-hmm. to lots of people at Panera. Yeah, that's great. On that kind of, you know, one-on-one. On, one on one. And, of course, they were, you know, talking to, to young mothers who may have voted for, for Trump or didn't, or maybe an independent or didn't know what to do. But, you know, because of the last four years, we're really, you know, fired up to uh, make amends for that error in judgment. And uh, I thought that would be uh, potential for our young moms uh, Mm -hmm. in suburban areas. You know, women, that's our backbone, particularly black women. That's how we win. When we win, that's what, that's what happens. And that's what. And women generally. Yes. And that's uh, an article I was looking um, at today in Georgia is, is the key is Stacey Abrams and Mm -hmm the black women that she's mobilized but right. but um and i was um i was listening to an interesting conversation uh earlier with uh james carville Car- and uh, yes and okay. a republican operative and they were talking about the, the race in tennessee i mean in georgia for the two uh senate uh seats and whether or not they'll like run together like a tandem type operation or whatnot. And there was a lot of talk about what will be the outcome. Were there a lot of people who came out who voted for Trump 
who are not going to come out and vote in a Senate race. You know, they're that one candidate voter. Um, and are we going to be able to get Democrats to, uh, to come out and vote to recognize just how much is on the line? Those same people who voted for Biden, they have to come out and vote mm-hmm. for these these people. Um, or else, mm-hmm. again, it's all it's you know, stalemate again. Yeah. Um, but it's a really interesting conversation about, you know, how the, how those voters think in terms of, uh, and it, it made me think nationally and made me think about here, about all the people who have been energized and come out and voted for Trump. Are they going to continue to vote? Are they going to continue to come out and vote when I think what's going to happen is the Republican Party is going to go back to its roots of being, you know, more, uh, uh, less of a, a party that centers around this one person and more, and more well, traditional. Will they, will they continue voting? Yeah. I don't think they'll change their, their approach though, before January, the runoff. No, no. I think, I think, um, you know, I was telling someone today that it's almost like uh, an, an addiction for the, for the negativity and division. I mean, they, Yes. You got to be stirred up. It's almost yeah. like you got to have to be stirred up every day, you know, because that's what we've done for four years, just every yeah. day. And, and you know, um, I saw, I faced a lot of this in person here in Crossville uh, because we uh, held signs on Main Street during early voting. It's one early voting place because uh, we wanted people to know that there are Democrats here. And not feel like, well, you know, what's the point of voting? Of course, you know, you can feel that way in Tennessee. And some of the things that we ran into, it's just unbelievable. The, the extreme animosity and anger uh, on behalf of um, the people who supported the other candidate. And, and I was just like, you know, I'm just an old lady standing here with a sign. <laughs> you know? It's like never ever in all the years I've been doing this stuff I've, I've never seen anything like it so my mm-hmm. response was well bless your heart yeah. <laughs> so we got a lot of the QAnon stuff a lot a lot of that that mm-hmm. people aren't dying from COVID they're dying from um you know doctors are being paid to say that we got that a lot oh really uh, from okay. one person a lot yeah yeah well that's conspiracy well so what do I think needs to happen, right? What are we going to do? Well, um, I don't know. Did you read the um, column in the uh, Tennessee Outlook from Holly McCall yesterday? No. About how um, Tennessee Democrats need to stop wearing rose-colored glasses and just realize this is a red state. And what we're doing is not working. And we, you know, something has to change. But you know, uh, there wasn't really a, a suggestion for that, but um, we have to start looking at, for example, what what uh, Stacey Abrams and her team has um, managed to do in in, um, in Georgia. Yeah. And she's been working on that for a long time. It hasn't just been in the last two years. But, you know, another uh, thing about people voting Democratic this time is people were so mad about how things went for her in 2018. Right. Too. Right. So, uh, but, you know, we tend to um, only think about elections when it's an election year and it's time to start knocking on doors. And this has to be a full-time business. 
we are about electing Democrats because we want to improve the lives of everyday working Tennesseans. And if that's what we're about, then that's what we have to do all the time and not just wait for a candidate to show up and expect that candidate to generate overwhelming enthusiasm to change these entrenched ideas, mm-hmm. and ideologies. It's not, it's just not going to happen. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of work. And if, if we don't work for it, it's not going to happen. And we can't expect different results. Right. I had a conversation the other day with uh, this awesome guy who um, works on our yard, who I really like, and I know he's a, a Trump supporter. But we, we can talk. We talk about it. And the things that he told me he's worried about, he's worried about the economy. And I don't know why, you know, I, I'm like, he, he would not be convinced that our economy began to grow with President Obama and just and continued. He, no, no, that's, that didn't happen. And then um, he's worried about a return of the mandate, the uh, health insurance mandate. And basically, he's he's worried about his own income mm-hmm. and taxes. And I said, you know, well, that's not going to happen unless you make over 400000 a year. He said, I don't want insurance. I don't need insurance. He's basically worried about his, his wallet. Mm-hmm. And it was far too, you know, I, I couldn't convince him uh, otherwise. And yet we ended up. We're still friends, you know. Oh, well, that's good. Well, we had yeah. maybe. I mean, that it was a good conversation to have with somebody that I know who is that I can easily talk to, and we're we're not going to hate each other. And unfortunately, we don't get that. That's not an opportunity we get very often. Mm-hmm. I've talked to um, Civil Miller Watkins mm-hmm. about um, about you know voting, and I know there was some discussion about. Uh, uh, persuasion and I was kind of like well if you can't persuade people away from the problems of the last four years then I'm not sure but I think voting um, just make there's voter suppression in in Tennessee Mm -hmm. you know long lines that's voter suppression that they they weren't prepared they've been told there's a huge turnout coming and there were like four people um you know, doing the intake in Franklin County for early voting. You know, we don't have a day off for work, or I guess there is some little known um, rule that uh, workplaces have to give you two hours off to vote. Hmm. Nobody knows about that. Uh, Why can't you, you know, automatic registration? Why is there a cutoff? Yeah, exactly. You know, there's lots of things just to get more voters out. They they finally changed um, up with the university here. The kids, the first time voting, had to go back to their uh, homes to vote the first time. Oh, my, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that, that got switched around. But, you know, we're fighting all these. Uh, we, the legislature fought all these um, absentee ballots. Mm-hmm you know, things. I don't know how many lawsuits Tennessee has going on various things, but it's not legislation they're passing. It's, it's litigation. Right. And so, um, here in our County, there's only one location for early voting and yeah, this us is too. Mm-hmm. County. And, uh, that's something that I'm going to 
ask them about next time. Yeah, so, Grundy, Grundy has two. Yeah. And they don't, I don't know if that's bigger or they, they certainly don't have as many people. But so there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things I think we can do, you know, for that. It doesn't seem to be a real direct, you know, way to, to increase um, democratic votes in, in the rural counties, but you know, it takes thinking outside, thinking, thinking outside the box. So, you know, I'm excited. Um, well, and um, in January, we'll have a new chair of the TNDP and that'll be, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The whole state party. Mary's done, done it for four years and uh, yes, good job, but oh yeah. 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 And um, whatever happens with the, the county parties and you know to continue work mm -hmm. work with them and i'll keep doing my podcast yay it's religion money and education those are the topics oh my gosh <laughs> that, that, that you don't want to talk about at thanksgiving dinner but we need to talk about right. uh, we talk about elections so when you said you and economics did you say education Education. Oh, education. And COVID. You know, oh. stats out today that um, this is a, a rumor that, you know, Biden, pres President-elect Biden is going to shut down the whole country in order to control COVID. And that's not the case at, at all. That if everybody wore a mask, there's some stats out today that um, we would need to shut down. Our economy would start growing at a faster pace. Okay, so... It sounds like the Rural Caucus has some plans, some ideas. So well, how can how can listeners get involved? Okay, so the first thing is to go to our website, which is tnruraldems.org and sign up to take part. <clears throat> and then you will be added to Basecamp, which is a magical tool for uh, teams to be productive and to work together. Um, after that, you'll receive all kinds of information. You can, you know, um, volunteer to work on committees and different initiatives and express your opinion about direction we're going in or any other activity uh, that we take part in. So um, that's the first thing. And just go do that. If you want to know more about the Rural Caucus, you want to be involved, no matter the extent, um, come and do that. Because I feel like, you know, uh, everybody's not like uh, like me. I mean, I'm like, yeah, there's going to be a meeting. I don't know anybody. So what? I'm going to go. Not everybody's <laughs> like that. They're a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, like, well, I don't know about Hi. that. Yeah. So preserving. Yeah, yeah. So um, this way, I, I tell people, don't overcommit. Do what you can, but do something other than just answering stuff on Facebook. Just do something and then do something else. Um, so do that. And the things that we're looking at is, um, like I said earlier, um, we have to work at this all all year round. We can't just wait for election time. We can't wait for the candidates to come and try and get everybody excited. Um, we have to find those candidates 
And so that's one of the things that we're going to be working on is, is candidate recruitment, candidates from rural Tennessee who have a, have a voice and, um, and can, uh, are willing to take that on. So we'll be doing some candidate recruitment. Um, one of the big things is we're, um, we're going to have a massive outreach program across Tennessee to allied organizations, other organizations that are they're nonpartisan, they're nonprofit, so of course they can't become involved in um, partisan politics, but they so that we they know about the rural caucus and what it is that we do. And so that when 2022 comes, everybody knows that if they want to bring change about in Tennessee, we must elect rural candidates. And to do that, we need help from all around the state. Um, you know, like where, uh, Carol Abney's district, I always point to up in District 38, is one of the most rural counties in the state. She needs help from people from Nashville, everywhere around the state. Particularly if you live in a district where there's not a candidate running, don't sit, this, don't sit out that election cycle. Join the Rural Caucus and you can write postcards, make phone calls, donations, create buzz about these rural candidates. Um, you know, we put so much attention into candidates in metro areas, and yet, um, you know, all, uh, you know, like all these resources in one place focused on this one district when we've got, you know, how many dozens of other districts that, that also need that help. So we've created a mechanism so that anybody can do that with a minimum amount of um, trouble and finding out how they can help. And I think the candidates that, that I spoke with really appreciate it. They're not all, yes. you know. I appreciate that. Um, and, and I would, you know, I, I plan on, and, and this could be part of the Rural Caucus, to continue to support them. Yes, absolutely. They just don't fall off the, you know, well, thanks, right. here's your hat, what's your hurry? Absolutely. That's what we need so that when we say rural caucus, everybody knows what that means, that this is an organization that's united across Tennessee to elect rural candidates right. and right. to stand up for rural Tennesseans who wouldn't otherwise have a voice. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a big deal. Um, you know, we're going to be talking to all of the different, all the existing um, members of the state um, Senate and House uh, Democratic Caucus, as well as all the EC members, all the county chairs, all of the, um, um, uh, I already said allied organizations. I think that's a big piece of it. Well, uh, I think too, um, is that, you know, to be involved, if, if you get the information of the Rural Caucus and you are very involved in the Farm Bureau or like me for yes. the Tennessee Justice Center and their Medicaid expansion, you know, they're, they are so great. And a lot of these organizations are there, but they can't be involved, affiliated with you, but you can be a member and you can do whatever you want. Right. But there's so many times where I'm like, oh, how am I going to figure out Medicaid expansion or the Medicaid block grant? Well, you just call them. That's right. You call them and they send you some stuff and this and that. And you're like, oh, well, right. That's right. That yeah. are spending weeks and weeks on this. And so that's where these allied yes. you know, uh, organizations. You know, we need to be on the same page. You know, right. Save Tennessee and uh, Moms 
moms demand action and you know all these things if you're a member of that just share what they're doing with the Royal Caucus right and then we don't have to do that yeah and um you know um there have been a lot of new organizations that have popped up Mm -hmm. and they say you know they're going to do one thing or another and I I hope they're all I hope they're successful but we want to make it clear that Democrats around the state need to know that Mm -hmm. just go to this website and we will tell you immediately what to do you don't have to go search for a candidate we got candidates right there. You don't have to go call somebody you don't know. There it is. One-stop shopping Stop. for candidate involvement, right? <laughs> so there's that. Um, and then um, through this, we also, you know, we'll grow our membership, you know, with more uh, more uh, members who will volunteer and take part. As well as uh, looking for candidates, as I, as I mentioned. So the other thing is, is that uh, we haven't really talked about this. I'm going to talk to our, uh, our uh, think tank tomorrow. The boys. <laughs> yeah, the boys, Caleb uh, <laughs> and and uh, Chase about um, what. How are we going to take on um, the issue of voter registration and accessibility? Are we going to make that? A, a priority for the rural caucus. I think that um, that's something that certainly the TNDP may take, you know, put, should possibly take the lead on. And if so, we, we want to oh, help with that. Um, and then the other thing, like I said, is uh, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Um, that's something that are we going to make that a, a priority for the rural caucus? I think that um, that's something that certainly the TNDP may take you know put, should possibly take the lead on and if so we, we want to oh, true. help with that um and then the other thing like i said is uh georgia 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 mm-hmm. and georgia that we want we're gonna uh try to garner some support for people to make calls perhaps go down there and send postcards and recently I, I took part in an event and found that uh, written postcards have a greater impact than even canvassing or phone calls. I didn't know that because I'd much rather write a postcard. I did Although some- I do like knocking doors, but we can't do that now. <laughs> Lester's wear your mask. Let's get over this COVID thing. Yeah, man. I'm tired of it. I know that everybody's tired of it, but if we don't do the stuff that needs to be done, you know. I'm tired of it. Uh, you know, I always like going to the movies. I may not even go anymore. I've gotten used to not going. <laughs> well, the popcorn's cheaper at home, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, dear. Thank you so much. You're great. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it, as always. Thanks, Sandy. I'll think of another excuse. And thanks to Tennessee Holler, tnholler.com. Take a look at all the um, the podcasts. I try to listen to, to all of them. Um, at least, you know, once, but it's a good variety and sign up for the newsletter. I got my newsletter today. Um, This has been What About Us? I'm Sandy Rice. My guest today has been Ann Quillen, and she is the um, head of the Tennessee Democratic Party Rural Caucus. Thanks, Ann. Have a good weekend. You too. All right. Bye-bye.